Welcome to Interviews. Being an entrepreneur is the toughest job ever. There are no practical guidelines. So I created this podcast to help crack the entrepreneurship code. Join me every week as I invite entrepreneurs to share their stories, the practical tips and lessons they've learned along the way. Don't be the main bottleneck in your business. Subscribe now. Hi, thank you for listening. My guest today is Arnaud Enneville-Weldom, who defines himself as an entrepreneur, author, and optimist. Arnaud used to be a management consultant who turned startup founder, but unfortunately had to throw in the towel after seven years. Today is the head of sales and business development for another startup called Globihi in Sweden. But Arnaud wanted to share his story, so he wrote a book about it called How Hard Can It Be? Startup Lessons from Trying and Failing to Take Down Facebook. And so today in this episode, it is, oh, I can't say it. This is the pressure. So today in this episode, uh, we're going to talk about Arno's story. Well, he's going to talk about his own story, running a startup. And I think this is a story that any startup founder should hear and read about. Interviews is brought to you by Social Prize, a marketing and communication agency operating remotely since 2005. Social Prize specializes in digital technologies and communication, web development, e-commerce, remote working, coaching, training, growth hacking. Log on their website, socialprize.me. Hey, Hano, thank you very much for joining me today. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, much appreciated. Thank you. Great. So I said in the, in the introduction that you uh, define yourself as an entrepreneur, an author, and an optimist. Mm -hmm. So do you still consider yourself an entrepreneur then? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, yeah, so you, you, you've read my book. We, we, we'll go through that. Uh, yeah. I've done several startups myself. Um, the, the one that is the, the core focus of my book, uh, as, as the reader will, will appreciate when, when they go through the book, is that, well, it didn't turn out the way it was supposed to turn out. Uh, but I've continued after that. I've been on several startups, not as a founder myself, but, but as an employee. Uh, and today I'm still in the startup world. So not only do I, I am part of a startup, I'm, I'm a head of sales and uh, business development for Globi, which is a, a drone data company. So we, we collect data uh, with drones. Uh, we do that globally. Um, and I'm also mentoring for um, the Nordic Startup School uh, in Finland, which is a, a, global, a global school. So yeah, very much, very much still in, uh, in entrepreneurship and uh, startups, absolutely. Well, despite, despite your story. Now, like you said, I, I read your book. And your story is a bit more complex than what my, my introduction. <laughs> but can you like summarize it in five minutes? Yeah, I'll try. I mean, it's uh, obviously it took uh, 270 pages to, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> to make a compelling case, but I'll try in five minutes. I basically... Yeah, we, we, we were, as you said, uh, management consultant. We, we you know working with behaviors, working with strategy alignment in, in large organizations, 
So our, our job as management consultant was to ensure that um, people acquire the skills and the behaviors to uh, execute on the strategies that, that was the strategy of the moment within that company. Uh, so we were doing that for, for several years. I say we because um, eventually I ended up um, uh, creating a company with a, a, a colleague of mine. And so what happened at the same time is that there was this craze around Facebook. So this is 2012. Uh, Facebook is really growing big. And to us, a management consultant working with behaviors, we think this is stupid. We don't understand what would drive people to you know, scroll th through uh, what we call then kilometers of nonsense. And, um, and we couldn't understand the, the, the rationale for it and the, um, you know, what, what's, in it for, what's in it for people. And so we thought that, okay, uh, after looking for different ideas on which we could try ourselves, we decided to create a uh, competitor to Facebook. So that was the big, the big hairy uh, goal, as, as you call it. And we, we really went for, you know, creating a platform that would, um, that would compete with Facebook. So that was the initial idea. Um, turned out that, uh, well, we, we were not tech, uh, I mean, coder, programmer um, type, of, type of entrepreneurs. So we, we didn't have the, the basic understanding of what it would require to, to start a social network. Um, but nevertheless, we threw ourselves into, into the experience and we somehow stumbling forward, uh, managed to uh, create a platform, managed to get incubated by one of the biggest incubator in the world um, here in the Nordics called Sting. Um, and, um, and yeah, we went through the whole startup journey. We, we raised money. I mean, first we, we, we got uh, angel investment and then we, we raised money, a couple of rounds. And, and we launched, I mean, obviously, as we, as we go through those um, uh, motions, we, we launched a platform, people um, uh, sign up, um, but eventually the um, acquisition of users uh, really plateaued and, and we couldn't, with all we tried, we couldn't uh, turn it around and we, we started to see what we call the the um, uh, you know detraction like uh, losing speed so the the engine for growth was not really what we had uh, envisioned and that's where everything uh, that that the book talks about uh, really uh, you know is, is, is interesting why did you write the book because the book what is the book about is it about failure well, in a sense, yes, um, it, it's a book about the, um, you know, the title is How Hard Can It Be? So, and that's, that's a funny saying because every entrepreneurs tend to, when they go after whatever goal they have or whatever vision they have, they, you know, jokingly say, well, how hard can it be to, you know, displace Twitter or go after Google or whatever the ambition may be. So how hard can it be is really a, the story that is not told. Um, when we were in the, in the midst of it ourselves, when we were really, you know, trying to make sense of the dots that we are seeing and, and trying to understand whether what we're going through was actually supposed to be happening, we couldn't really find an answer for. I mean, it was obviously, you, if you talk to people who have succeeded, they will tell you a story of success. Then if you look around and you look for, you know, uh, research or evidence or whatever you could you can make sense of, it's very hard when, when you are 
in it to appreciate whether what you are doing is actually the right thing. And so you find yourself, even though you may have all the coaching and all the, all the support that you, that you may find, you find yourself alone. And, and so I couldn't, we, couldn't, we couldn't really find an answer on whether what we were experiencing was, for example, traction. Or whether, you know, when we did uh, like social posts or where we were, you know, signing clients and we were trying to uh, um, onboard other clients, could we say that this is actual traction? Is it happening? Is it, is it the way it's supposed to be? So the first, the first um, realization for me to write the book, when, of course, it came to an end, was can I provide to other uh, founders and entrepreneurs, this thing that I was myself missing when I was doing the journey, would it add value to a, to a newcomer or a, a wannabe um, entrepreneur? So that was the first, one of the first reasons. Um, the second, I think the most important is um, most of the stuff that you can read out there is about success. I mean, whether it's actually an actual read like a book or it's the small, you know, snippets of content that you can get from, from anywhere, whether it's Instagram or, or any uh, social platform, it's all about success. And, and I think it, uh, it gives a false sort of a false narrative on what the startup journey is about, because it's not all, you know, rosy, nice and cozy, and uh, everything turns out the way it, it, it turns out. It is freaking hard. Um, and so with the book, I really want to bring in the perspective of an entrepreneur and what it is actually. And many entrepreneurs now have read my book and, and they, they all can relate because that's, that's the story as pure and as, as, as transparent as it, as it is. There's no coating. It's really, it's really what it is straight from my heart and straight from my, from my experience. Yeah. So that's, that's really the story. And that's, it's exactly what, why I like your book is because, you know, we follow you in your daily life from your perspective as a, as a funder. Like you said, we realize through you that startup life is not all rosy. You're going through a lot of uh, difficult moments, but also successes. And what is very interesting is that you as a funder, the startup funder, you continuously put your hands in the mud doing the stuff but at the same time, you were able to achieve a lot with a, a small team of, of four, I think. And so I took several uh, ex, uh, extracts of, of your book uh, that I want to talk about. Sure. And, and one of them, the first one is when you, once you've launched your first MVP, mm -hmm. you put, you wrote, in a, you, wrote in, you wrote in the book that you put all your trust in the concept and you say it was a rookie mistake. Why? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, again, perhaps because we were not uh, tech entrepreneurs ourselves. So we, we're looking at uh, the, 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 the one reason I said we, we went after Facebook is that uh, so Facebook, when you use Facebook, it's, it's fairly easy to, to engage because there's no real engagement. I mean, engagement is measured as per, you know, sitting in your sofa and, and clicking on a, on a like button. And that somehow translates to you being engaged. And so for us, engagement meant let's take real people that have you know, real life and real uh, ambitions and, and bring them back into the real world. 
And our ambition was to do that through uh, challenges. So the, we, we found that the, the mechanics to, um, to, to bring people into that, that other state would be to challenge them. So we, uh, you know, either between friends, you would challenge one another, or you, uh, you would challenge yourself personally to, for example, you know, do a marathon or grow a beard for, or a mustache for November, uh, for example. Um, and so we thought that the, you know, the thing we were going after was a, a human uh, trait. I mean, people since, uh, you know, we were cavemen uh, have been driven by, uh, you know, going forward, um, moving, um, you know, learning things, developing oneself. And you can translate that down to Maslow's uh, pyramid of uh, self-actualization and so forth. So um, the, to me, the, the concept of people wanting to become a better version of, the, of themselves was, was an obvious one. So there was nothing in that concept that was broken. So the only thing we could, we could uh, fall back on to the fact that the, the, we, were, we were not having the traction that, that we were envisioning was that the, the tech was faulty. Obviously, and since we were not tech guys ourselves, the, the platform itself or the, the way we would, uh, you know, onboard users would have to be uh, faulty somehow. So we spent a lot of time um, after having, you know, onboarded quite a lot of users, we spent a lot of time trying to, to make them, you know, commit to the challenges that they had themselves uh, set uh, for themselves or, or, or help their friends achieve those challenges. And what we what we figured after you know many iteration is that, well, actually, although we all want to become better at whatever we say we want to become better at, um, it's it's very hard to do anything new or anything different than anything different that that your current habits that what you do every day, and and so as a result, it becomes very complicated to. Uh, you know, nail a challenge, even though you may have set it up yourself and to yourself. So it's a, it's a it's really a human, uh, a complicated problem that we're trying to um, to fix through this uh, challenge mechanism. Uh, but yeah, we're trying hard um, for years to to turn this around, and and we could not sadly. What's the lesson here? Is it more research? but you should have done more research? Um, no, I don't think so, because then you can, you can get stuck in, um, yeah. in research. I think, um, I, I think the lesson is, is probably that, yeah, it was fine. I mean, we, we, it turned out not to be functional as a first iteration, and, then, and that's when we pivoted, and that's when we, went, we changed totally the target group, and instead of targeting um, you know, users like you and I, we went to target with that same platform uh, challenge mechanism, we went to challenge organization because then it would be easier to convince a, a business leader uh, that has an actual challenge or an organization that has an actual need for people to align around, let's say, core values or around sales strategy or whatever, uh, to, to, to challenge staff this time to come on board and demonstrate skills or, or, or behaviors or attitudes that uh, need to be implemented um, in, in the organizations uh, for, for the purpose of, you know, the strategy we're talking about. Yeah. So, like you said, you, you, you pivoted to the B2B industry 
And then there's another challenge in front of you, it's pricing. And you say in your book that once you found the courage to finally say no to clients wanting cheap price, <laughs> you started getting some success. And I want to talk about that because pricing is so important. True. Uh, that's a very uh, interesting topic. I mean, I, I've done business school. So and, and as you do that, you go through a lot of, you know, finance and Excel, uh, playing around with the sales and trying to understand how to best price. And you look at curves and you look at elasticity, elasticity and all sorts of, of things that you can derive from finance and pricing. And it's the exercise is really, you know, an intellectual one. But what I found is that when you are in a startup and you have no clue and nothing to compare uh, against, the, the, the best strategy is really to, to try it out. Uh, you know, the, try different pitches to different uh, uh, audiences and see what works. And so uh, that doesn't really answer your question. Your, answer, your question was, was more on uh, uh, how did we have the, the courage to say no to free? Um, you know, large organizations and perhaps even any size organizations tend to see you coming with your uh, big shoes and, hey, here is a startup. They obviously want to uh, try out the, the technology or they want to, you know, um, do some sort of experiment with us. Uh, hence, they very quickly jump on, well, if you want to work with us, then you have to you know, do it for free and then maybe you can leverage our logo, whatever yeah. gimmick. Uh, yeah. can be found out of, this, out of this. And it's so easy for an entrepreneur to, to say yes. Mm. The problem with that is that it's very hard to get out of that, of that freehold because once you've started, then it's like an incentive, a continuous incentive to say, well, I want another experience. I want another client. It's not even a client because it's not paying, but I want another you know, partner to validate my, my concept or my, my theory. So it's yeah. very easy to give away. And perhaps you should give away to some extent, but there is a point where you should really say stop. At least that's, mm. what, that's what we did. Because otherwise, I mean, I've got, you know, one, one liner in, in the book is that at the moment, uh, uh, I mean, if, if you want to make money, which is the purpose of your startup, at some point, someone somewhere needs to be uh, wanting to, to commit some real money to the service you are providing or, or the product that you're selling. If they're not willing to do that, well, then there's a value issue. Then you're not providing the right value or it is uh, poorly expressed perhaps, or there is some work to do around the communication of that value. But um, if no one sees really a reason for paying what you, what you are selling, then you should probably uh, do something else. <laughs> <laughs> or have different clients, maybe. Oh, yeah, totally, yes. Or, 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 or tweak, and then that's where the iteration, uh, you know, of, of, of what startup life is about, you know, constantly rethinking, tweaking, and, and, and learning from throwing yourself into, into the experience, pitching, and, and that's where pitching at different prices comes in where you could say, okay, we try this kind of pricing model for that client, we try that other type of pricing model for that other client, and we see maybe something takes off and maybe that's where we should go. Uh, but giving away for the sake of giving away, um, yeah, I think it's, um, 
it's it's not the right strategy. What about you? You know, because it was it was your baby. Uh, you you well, you co-founded it. You yeah. you you were working full time for it. Uh, at one point, you also you also, you explained in the book that you move overseas and you still you still travel between Africa and Sweden like all, all the time. Right. Um, you pivoted three times, if I'm correct, and at the end you have to just let go to to give up. I mean, what was going on in your mind? Well, it's it's easy to associate the the you know the fact that it's not working to your own um, um, you know inadequacies. Like you are probably the one who are making this not happen. Um, but that is to be very hard on yourself. Um, obviously, you know we worked hard on it for as you say six and a half years actually, and we did three major pivot and, and a million in between. Um, and for every pivot we did, we did have some sort of traction. We did, uh, you know, we did achieve things. I mean, we were working uh, with some of the uh, Fortune 50 uh, companies. So it's not that we, you know, we were trying everything and nothing was sticking. We're actually delivering value for large organization. We're doing rollouts for, for 5,000 people from you know, China to the US. Uh, on the last iteration, where we ended up doing an a, uh, internal communication platform, we had an, a, an agreement for, we're a sole uh, supplier for one of the biggest uh, automobile brands for the whole of the UK. So we're covering the whole of the UK. So we did have some sort of success. Um, but, but eventually you have to, to realize that, Hey, how, how many, how many decades should I put in that? Should I, should I not do something else? So yes, it, it was hard to accept that. Yeah, we, we tried everything we could at that point. And then it's a question of, um, uh, looking at it honestly and, and realizing that perhaps there's, um, you know, you, you, you've gone around, you, you've tried everything and it just doesn't, just doesn't scale. Um, our, our main issue was really a, a scaling issue because like, yeah, we're getting contracts, we're getting things, but to, uh, you know, make this a sustainable business at scale and, and actually making money uh, on an on a important scale was, was the issue. And that's where we realized that nah, we, we, we're better off doing something else. Uh, so yeah, personally, it was, it was hard. It was hard to, to accept. What have you learned about yourself, though, through that experience? Yeah, plenty. I mean, um, I've always known I was I was driven, but now I had confirmation. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, I you know really pushed myself for for many many years, so um, you know I got confirmation of that. Uh, but I learned that um, you know end of the day, whatever happens happens uh, as long as as long as you try hard, as long as you put everything, then there's no, there's, you can't, you can't look back and, and think like, ah, if I had just done a little more and there, there you would feel the guilt. But I have no guilt in terms of, you know, have I done enough? Have we as a team uh, done enough? We're, we certainly have. Um, so I've learned that, you know, sometimes you know, <laughs> luck, luck, if there is such a thing, um, was not, uh, was not with us. And, um, and, and, you know, end of the day, would we had not failed, 
there would have been no book and there would have been no discussion with uh, Laurent today. So, in a way, (laughs) (laughs) right? Yeah. So, So perhaps, you know, I play a lot in the book about the universe thing and, uh, you know, balancing this analogy of as an entrepreneur wanting to dent the universe and yeah. at the same time the universe responding to you that perhaps it doesn't want to be dented by you at this very point. Um, so there is this element, this idea that, well, perhaps this was all meant to be happening. It's okay. We've, we've tried hard. We've developed ourselves. We, and now let's move on, on to other things. You mentioned the team, and as, as I said earlier, you have a, a small team of, of four. Hence my question. Looking back at it, do you think you should have hired more people to help? Would that, would that have make a difference? Um, yeah, that's an interesting question. I mean, hiring is always, um, I mean, of course, you need, you need uh, all the competencies that, that are required to make, to make the vision um, happen but it always has to be balanced with the sort of uh, one income you are getting and, and finances you are getting. And so um, I think the max we were in the company was, was six people. Uh, I joke in the book that we also had a, a garden uh, gnome uh, on the team. Yes. You know, there's this startup having a dog kind of thing as a startup team member that you see on the profile page of, of all startups so we had a we had a garden garden gnome uh which, which is a funny thing um, uh, in the book but um this one was for free it was working for free so <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean no we're, we're trying again given our background i think we're trying to really maximize um ourselves really stretch ourselves to to the to to, to the max i think we had all the and there was also some, some, some pride in this. Can we stay small and yet, uh, you know, b- deliver great value to massive organizations? And to some extent we did, um, because, at, you know, four or five people we were working with some of the biggest corporations in the world delivering actual value. Um, so I think w- had we been able to scale the, the clients, we would certainly have recruited uh, more people. Um, but at the stage we decided to, you know, it was not scalable. I think it was, and it's not that we didn't try. I mean, of course we, we tried all sorts of models. I, I explained that in the book, you know, trying to recruit um, a lot of salespeople to, but then it's this, it's this balancing act again of, um, are, you, are you wanting, are you building a sales organization like that is man uh, powered? Or do you want to be a tech entrepreneur where the, the tech uh, takes care of, of all the processes? And that's where we really wanted to be. We didn't want to build a um, you know, pure sales uh, type uh, of organization. So what's next for you now? What, what do you want to do next? Yeah, great question. I mean, what's next uh, today? I'm super excited because I've, I've got a, an awesome job. I'm, um, I'm working... Um, um, as head of business and and uh, and sales for uh, for really tech startup, uh, we're we're trying to save the world uh, with drones with data. Uh, so that that is awesome. It's it's a super uh, vision, and I'm I'm super excited to be on board. Um, I want to bring to that 
company and that's what I do every day is bring my, my past experience so that we don't do the mistakes that I went through or at least I can see them coming fast uh, and we're able to you know change direction or or have the discussion before we are you know uh, in in the mud ourselves um, so there is this and then there's the there's the book obviously the idea with with the book is is really to accelerate the the journey of of entrepreneurs i mean i opened the book with a quote from um eleanor uh, roosevelt which is you should uh, learn from the mistakes of others because you, you can't possibly long live long enough to make them all yourself and i really believe in that i mean there's the, the, the two ways of looking at it either you, you do the mistake yourself and um, learn from them which obviously is a good strategy but would take you ahead of a lot of time or you take a shortcut and uh, and you read my book and in in four four or five hours i really run you through the stuff that really every startup goes through yet no one talks about because if you fail uh, there are very few people that come on the other side and are happily talking about it and, and writing books about it so there's no such book out there so i think with the book i want to you know close the gap and allow entrepreneurs to understand that okay there's a there's a, a method to that there's a process um, if if we go through uh, the, the the virtual roller roller coaster uh, via the book, then you can accelerate your own trajectory and hopefully you know get to where you want to get uh, faster. That's the key message you want to leave behind. Yeah, pretty much, and also yeah, also showing that uh, you know failing. Again, there's, there's, there's very few discussion around uh, failure in entrepreneurship, which, which I think is sad because when you look at the, um, as the, at, at the statistics, the data, and you, you are in entrepreneurship and you are mentoring yourself. I mean, you know all of that. Uh, it's nine out of 10 that, that fail. That's massive. And so my, my take on this is that if, if uh, to be successful, uh, as a company, it was sufficient to look at success stories, then we wouldn't have nine out of 10 that, that failed. We would rather have one out of 10 that failed. But the fact that it is nine out of 10 really tells that we should, all of us, have a discussion around failure. Why not, why not share our, our experiences so that we can learn faster from one another and as a result, don't replicate the same errors and mistakes over and over. So I think failure as a, as a place uh, in startup uh, for discussion, in fact, um, I'm sure you know of the movement um, Fuck Up Nights, yep. uh, where they take people on, on stage and they, they have them talk about the, their failures. Um, so this is, um, this is fuck, up, fuck Up Nights, but from your sofa with a book on a Sunday, uh, enjoying the ride without having to to be on stage yourself. <laughs> yeah, and maybe the other lesson, uh, you know, I've, I've listened to you for 30 minutes, is be optimistic. I understand why you, you say you <laughs> define yourself as an optimist. Because hearing hearing it, you know, listening to you talking about it, you know, we realize that, oh, right, okay, I failed, but, you know, it's okay, we can move on. There's Life continues. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's so easy in the moment. I think that's that's something I've learned uh, really from this experience. In the moment, it's so easy to 
again to associate yourself with 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 your project but you are not your project um you are you are way bigger than your project in fact when you look back now it's been a few years for me a lot of very exciting and and really uh cool things have, have happened the book uh, different starters have been on different super interesting people have been talking to um so yeah you have to be you know this is just like a, a, a data point uh end of the day you know your life will go on and you'll do plenty of other things and you will look back at this and say well i've learned i've learned so much i think one of the really nice sentences i i, I really love which which is a all entrepreneurs tend to like is like it's not about it's not about the destination it's really about the journey and i really believe in that because you know you know sometimes i look at hey if if i had been successful if if we had you know succeeded with the startup then what 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 would i do would i be bored would i you know enjoy uh, pina coladas somewhere on the beach uh, <laughs> what would i do now i don't have that thing in my head uh, um it's really about who you become as the pro, uh, you know as life goes on and as as you develop as a as a person and who i have become i think uh, is is um is bigger than if i had succeeded so i'm i'm quite thankful to have failed to be honest <laughs> nice words of wisdom <laughs> last last question arno how can people contact you and when where can they buy your book So they can uh, connect with me uh, on LinkedIn. I mean, this is the the, the biggest platform I, I use. I'm trying to develop a, a following on Instagram, but I'm really not good at it. So if if anyone has tips or if, if anyone want to blow up my my Instagram followers, please help me. Um, but um, otherwise, LinkedIn. I'm, I happily connect with any anyone. Um, and in terms of the book, it's it's sold globally. Uh, so Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, um, or you know any platform really um, on any local markets. I've seen it in Japan or in in, in Korea or, or wherever. So if you if you Google uh, how hard can it be and and my name you or Facebook you'll you'll uh, you'll find the book and uh, we, we're giving away um, a little thing which which I call the seven traps on, on the uh, road to uh, startup success. Which we give on top of the book. So for every person that buys the book, uh, they just send an email uh, to the um, to the book uh, site, and uh, they receive a um, extra ebook uh, on top. I so, confirm. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 a very very short but very very funny and very uh, very practical to the point. Thank you. Well, thank you, thank you to you for sharing your time uh, today. I uh, really recommend all the audience to read your book. It's very practical, very fast to read. And again, every, like I said at the beginning, I think every startup funders should read it. Well, thank you, Laurent, for the opportunity. I very much enjoyed this conversation. And uh, yeah, uh, how hard can it be? And thank you all for listening. Follow me on LinkedIn and Instagram for extra tips and knowledge about entrepreneurship. See you next time. Bye-bye.